Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to Him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things, and now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. But the one who holds it back will continue to do so until he's taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion, so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, so that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Paul's mysterious eschatology is on display in this chapter. There is a person revealed in this chapter who is referred to as the man of lawlessness. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But the whole chapter is really about eschatology. The eschatology study of Scripture is the study of last things. And so this chapter begins in verse 1, talking about the return of Jesus Christ and those events that will follow his return and some of those events that will precede his return. So verse 1, we read, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So right out of the gate, this is the uh, topic for discussion, and our being gathered to him. And so when he comes, we will be gathered to him. As we left off previously in Thessalonians, this is the word of the Lord through Paul. You don't have to be concerned uh, when the Lord comes. Those that are his, both living and dead, will be gathered to him. And so he says, I don't want you to become easily unsettled or alarmed by any teaching allegedly from us, 
whether by a prophecy or by a word of mouth or by a letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. And so apparently there was a teaching or a letter or a prophecy or a word of mouth or all of the above that was circulating among this church and perhaps other churches saying that it was from Paul and asserting that the day of the Lord, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ had already come. Of course, that's happened many times since then. There are various cults that assert that there has been a mysterious second coming of Christ uh, that occurred in the clouds uh, in the early 1900s and so forth. These things are not biblical, they're not scriptural, and they're not true. And so Paul says, concerning the coming of our Lord and our being gathered to him, if someone claims Paul taught that, it's a lie. Paul did not teach that. Verse 3, don't let anyone deceive you, Paul writes, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Now, here we have a very controversial subject being introduced, the man of lawlessness. Uh, traditionally, in the last hundred and some odd years, this man of lawlessness has been referred to as the Antichrist. Uh, the term Antichrist does not appear in this text. But it does appear that this man of lawlessness is opposing the purposes of God and, of course, by extension, opposing the Messiah of God. And it says it describes some things about this man of lawlessness. And we assume it's a, a singular individual and it may, in fact, be a singular individual. But there are those who believe that this is characteristic of people in the last day before the return of the Lord, a certain category of people, as opposed to an individual man of lawlessness, that the man of lawlessness is just referring to people who reject the will of God and the word of God and so forth. Anyway, this man, if it is an individual, it says this man doomed to destruction, he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshiped. And so this um, uh, this lawless individual or this lawless company of individuals will say that they are more important than God, and uh, they are to be worshipped. You may think in terms of secular humanism, which makes human beings uh, the center of all religion. There is no deity-based religion under secular humanism. Anyway, this man of lawlessness sets himself up in God's temple. We assume that God's temple is referring to the temple in Jerusalem, which stands in ruins and would have to be rebuilt before this individual or this group could set themselves up, proclaiming themselves to be God in God's temple. Paul writes in verse 5, Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things, and now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. And this, again, is a little cryptic. Perhaps they did know who he was talking about and what was holding him back. But uh, you and I are a little bit uncertain. There have been various theories that um, the Holy Spirit is holding back this Antichrist individual. Um, that's one of the theories. We don't know. But this it's a mystery involving these things. And this mystery of lawlessness and the man of lawlessness is continued in, in verse 7 and following. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. And so we're not waiting for just this man of lawlessness to bring lawlessness. It's already here. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. And see, friends, that is the crux of the matter. Whatever this man of lawlessness refers to, 
he or they will be subject to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will overthrow them and destroy their works at his second coming. Verse 9, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. So this uh, lawless individual or collective will be in cooperation with the devil himself, opposing the purposes of God. This lawless one will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders. So there will be supernatural signs and wonders um, uh, backing this, this person who opposes God. And all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. He'll use all of these methods. God is going to allow this because men refuse to love the truth. Verse 11, for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. You see, friends, at some point, those who refuse to love the truth about Jesus Christ and those who refuse salvation will enter into a place of uh, delusion so that they can no longer believe the truth. In other words, their hearts will become so hardened through their refusal to believe the truth that all that will be left for them is believing the lies and the, the wickedness that are pervasive, these things that come ultimately from the devil through whatever human agency that he uses. In verse 13, it says, though, that there's a different category of people than those who will be deceived in wickedness and condemned. Verse 13, but we ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit and through belief in the truth. And see, friends, it's talking about you. It's talking about me. We've been chosen to know Jesus, and we should be thankful that we have not fallen prey to strong delusions. We have not delighted in wickedness. We're not condemned because we refuse the truth. Today is still the day of salvation. You've been chosen to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, so therefore we ought to give thanks to God. He's called us through the gospel so that we might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So by extension, Paul extends blessing to each of you as he did to the church in his day that he was writing to. Verse 16, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us by his grace give us eternal encouragement and good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. And so if I may just kind of encapsulate this eschatology. Jesus is coming back at some point in time. He's coming back for the redeemed that are dead and the redeemed that are alive. We will be gathered to him in that day. And that day has not come yet. There's going to be oppositions to the purposes of God that will arise and continue. They existed in Paul's day, they exist today, and they will accelerate before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, those who are in Christ will not be deceived. They will not be turned aside. They will continue to love the truth. They will continue because God has called them God sustains them. God will encourage them. And so Paul prays specifically that the Lord's grace and internal encouragement would be with us. And I pray that in agreement with Paul. Lord, I pray that our Lord Jesus Christ and you, our Heavenly Father, who loved us, that you would extend grace to myself and to each person listening to this. Extend us encouragement, eternal encouragement. Extend us good hope. 
Encourage our hearts and strengthen us in every good deed and word so that we might serve you and live in a way that's pleasing to you. God, we recognize that there are many who say that Jesus has come, and there are others who say he is not coming. But Lord, we as believers say, even so, Lord Jesus, come. Come and gather your church to yourself. Lord, we await the day that you will come for your bride in the earth, and we pray that that day would be soon coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.